0: grow, and expand your erotic potential and possibilities. Hey, before we get into the show, I just wanted to invite you to the Festival of Sexuality. It's happening online April 7th to the 10th, 2022, and we have a fabulous lineup of world-class sexuality educators and facilitators. Sign up for free on my website or in the show notes below. Okay, on with the show. I am delighted to introduce to you today's guest. I've known him for over a decade, maybe 12 or 13 years, and I had a question come in on Instagram recently, and I knew instantly that this guest was the one I needed to come and answer the question and talk to me about it. So let me introduce DK Green. DK is a psychotherapist, a supervisor, and a mentor, an associate lecturer, and a keynote speaker for pink therapy. He specializes in GSRD subjects, that's gender, sex, and relationship diversities, aka LGBTQIA+, consensual non-monogamy, kink, tantra, sex workers, both in his therapy room and as an educator. He's trained with some of the world's great sexuality educators, and he is also one of the world's great sexuality educators. He is openly leather, trans, polyamorous, and spiritual. I know you are going to enjoy our talk. I do want to say also that we got into some areas that may trigger you or may concern you. If that is the case, feel free to listen at your own pace to switch off and definitely feel that you can contact me if you need any help or support around anything that we share about. Welcome to the Sexual Alchemy Podcast. I am very excited about today. I had a question come in. I'll tell you about that in a minute. And I knew I needed a specialist, and that specialist is DK Green. I knew immediately. Welcome, DK. Thank you so much for coming.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Would you introduce yourself?
1: Absolutely. Hi, I'm DK Green. I am a GSRD specialist psychotherapist. GSRD stands for Gender, Sex and Relationship Diversity. So you're talking all the LGBTQIA folk plus polyam or consensual non-monogamy people, uh, tantra, sex workers, and of course kink. So those are my fields of specialty, and those are the people I work with very juicy. And,
0: uh, and we've known each other a long time, obviously. And we, I think we met personally, but we've worked together professionally a bit. So we have a lot of, of, of I was going to say lap over, but that's not even a word, but people know what I mean. <laughs> Overlapping. That's the word I wanted. And so I had a question come in from someone on Instagram, which I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the question in a minute. I'm going to give them, speak about my response and then, why I wanted to get you to talk about it. So in fact, the question was, what do you consider taboo? And I saw the question, I was like, whoo, okay, that's a big question. What I said was, it depends on where you're coming from and what you consider taboo. What is difficult for you or shameful for you? Or, you know, what culture did you grow up? what you know so it it really depends so i'm going to come back to what you consider taboo in a minute and then this this person and i had a little bit of a deeper conversation about what was he really asking you know i was trying to get to the nub of it mm-hmm. and he was looking to see if a particular fantasy he had was bad or wrong or something like that okay okay so we'll get into the nitty-gritty of it in a minute so i'm curious dk what do you consider taboo what is taboo in the of um, sexuality
1: it, it is a big question you're quite right it's a very juicy question I'm really glad somebody asked that because it yeah. says to me it suggests to me they're looking to explore that is the magic the milk of goodness in in juicy sex lives is it's the desire to explore so it is varied it, it's different for different people so for one person it might be something as simple as not um missionary sex it might be something like experimenting with positions or from behind, or something. So that might feel taboo. That might feel slightly saucy. It might feel uh, there might be some shame and some guilt around wanting something different. And for others, of course, there's a whole plethora of kink stuff to explore. And some of that can be, you know, seriously taboo for everyone. But for anyone who who's played around with kink, you know, the the, the lengths that you can go to to play with the sort of shadow self stuff is also really juicy and exciting but for some you know like a traditional married couple taboo might be that one of them desires to be for example tied to the bed while they're having sex yeah so it varies massively it can be anything from a feather to a single tail you know um, right Mm-hmm.
0: and so and it will depend won't it, on how you were brought up what okay. cultural or religious conditioning do you have what you know for some people having sex outside of marriage might be considered taboo
1: absolutely
0: right and so you know i've had guys say to me you know i, I want to come and try a kinky erotic massage but i don't want anything weird
1: Yep, yep, yep. and yep, i'm yep.
0: like so kinky erotic massage isn't weird to you whereas for some people it would be
1: mm-hmm.
0: so then i have to ask them well, what is weird to you mm-hmm. and you know the answers range from Not wanting to be spanked to spanking. uh, No, what is it? They don't want to be spanked because that would be weird, but you can tie up my balls and be really
1: mean to them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Taboo is a moving target, really.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. What's taboo for you might not be for me.
0: But then something you touched on before is there are some areas that would be considered, and I know language is difficult here, taboo for most people or Maybe off limits, unless you know how to safely and consensually play with it.
1: Okay, yes.
0: So, for example, this chap who asked the original question, and I was trying to get underneath and see what was he really asking. He said that he understood that bestiality, and we're going here, by the way, bestiality, yep. necrophilia, and kids were <clears throat> off the menu. Yep. he, he new that those were wrong. I and mean, I'm using air quotes mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. obviously that's a whole other conversation, mm-hmm. but he was curious just to give a good example. Was anything that went between two consenting adults? Okay. And I said, in theory, you'd think so, Yeah. yeah. but the truth is there's also a power dynamic to consider mm-hmm. because his question then was what about stepbrother and stepsisters mm-hmm. or step parent and stepchild and I know that that's out there in porn right now. Mm-hmm. you know it it's like big step.
1: in porn, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's
0: huge in porn. And that's a whole other conversation as well. Uh-huh. And so I said to him, if that was being played with between two actual consenting adults, there would have to not be a power dynamic. There would <laughs> It would have to be people who are not actually mm-hmm. step related. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but playing at being step-related. Can you speak to
1: all of that? Oh, gosh, it's a huge topic. Yes, there's lots and lots of people who play with the concept of sort of daddy girl or or mummy boy or whatever, or mummy girl. Uh, there's, There's lots of people play with those dynamics, but they are consenting adults coming for a place of wanting to explore something a bit kinky, a bit saucy, a bit taboo. But as long as they're not actually related, there's absolutely no harm in them having those fantasies and enjoying them. You can play with those fantasies. It's delicious. It is taboo. The the minefield that you tread when you play with those games is, of course, guilt and shame. So that's the emotional and the psychological minefield that you play with them. But if you've worked through that, there's absolutely zero harm. There shouldn't be shame and guilt in consensual sex, consensual adult self. Just wanted to touch on something you said there. Anything between two consenting adults is okay. Pretty much it is. But as you say, there are exceptions. For example, in the sort of far end of kink, where you're talking about whips and chains and things like that, there are actually laws in place. There are laws that you've got to be careful of. For example, anything greater than transient marks is illegal. It's still considered assault, even if it's between two consenting adults. So if somebody loves having some, you know, whips and chains action, but actually gets more marks, they're actually doing something illegal. Now we can debate and argue absolutely 100% whether that's right or not. Because for example, it was illegal to be homosexual for many years. We now know that is not right. Yes. <laughs> so I, I'm not going to debate. the. Legalities. It's
0: not right that it was illegal.
1: Just Correct. Absolutely. <laughs> it's not right that it was illegal ever. So I would debate that even because some people, I mean, we go and get tattoos quite happily. That's definitely more than the transient mark. So why is something that is created during an absolute expression of love between two people fully consenting why would that be judged illegal
0: because and we know because of societal shame
1: around sex absolutely if it's involving sports or anything else tattoos or piercings that's all fine but if you put sex on the menu then suddenly it's not okay and that's from victorian attitudes that's why that law exists and it will go because nowadays the police are more likely to say "Bug off it's none of our business what you do in the bedroom because they know it's nonsensical Mm -hmm. yeah
0: And just out of curiosity, if I go to you and say, I want you to whip me with something and I really would like to see the marks after, is it you that are doing the illegal thing by making the marks or is it me that's doing the illegal (laughs) thing by having the marks?
1: I'd love to say it was that simple, but you are the person with the whip in your hand. You are responsible for the technically the crime that's being committed, which we know is bullshit, but you know, that's the way it is. However if you as the person being whipped say to mr policeman oh no no, i'm fully consenting i'm absolutely i love it it's beautiful it's wonderful you can actually also be charged as an accessory to your own assault oh my god so it's d- completely absurd <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. I remember not that long ago, wasn't there a law that came in that said you can't consent to your own harm? That's
1: correct. Yes.
0: But that's all very vague. Again, like you say, tattoos or sports, I mean, rugby players or, or whatever. Are or look hurt at
1: martial time. artists. Right. The very go- or boxers. The very goal is to cause the other person harm. So, you know, it's only because the word sex is in the equation. That's it.
0: And also, I know that sex in legal terms is very vague because back when I was starting all this work and I I spoke to a lawyer about it and he said that prostitution was legal in the UK, but what's considered prostitution is very gray. And he said, basically, whoever's being paid Mm -hmm. is the prostitute and it's legal, but whoever's being paid is the prostitute. But even if we're in the same room and we never touch each other, Mm -hmm. if I get sexually aroused and I pay you for it, you're a prostitute. Yep,
1: even yep, if it's yep. nothing i know <laughs> it's it's <laughs> ludicrous it's ludicrous a lot of the laws around anything to do with sex are antiquated are from victorian attitudes and we've grown past that people want juicy yummy sex lives and having to tiptoe and dance around that stuff is absolute nonsense
0: and, you know, and what's really important, like you say, people want juicy sex lives, of course. And there's a couple of things there. One, like you say, is, are you willing to explore? Mm-hmm. And exploring for you, like you say, might be doggy position.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, If you
0: were brought up in a place where sex was just so taboo, sex, any kind of sex, yeah. then even exploring positions is going to feel taboo i can't think of a better word right
1: now it's absolutely right i mean people you know uh, who've had very i mean the the word that people tend to use is vanilla which is basically not kinky yeah right if people have very vanilla let's say for example christian a christian couple have sex the idea is they're only having sex to, to procreate to make babies and you know maybe they have the sex with the lights off because it's there's a lot of guilt and shame around there so somebody wanting to turn the light on might right. be fiercely taboo for them it right. might be really scary and, and you know, feel quite dangerous and shameful. And so that might be something that, you know, somebody switches the light on and whoo, takes a really deep breath and, and we can delve into what's to for them. It yes. doesn't have to be whips and chains or three of you in a bed, you know. <laughs>
0: right, 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 right. It's fascinating to me. And so where I want to just steer us momentarily, we don't have to stay there, is and again, language isn't great because it sets up a bit of a hierarchy or judgment. And I don't mean to do that, but so we know that anything from turning on the light, doggy position to, you know, fantasies of incest and bestiality can be considered taboo. Can we talk a little bit about the stuff that's on the end that would be considered taboo for most people? And I, again, that's a huge generalization yep, yep, yep. I think people will know what we're talking about here
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely so for example you talk about the three big no's the three big taboos that everybody knows is off-limits which would be paedophilia uh, bestiality and necrophilia. yeah those are the three that most people know is off-limits we're not right. allowed to go there however consenting adults Play with those things. Now, what I mean by that, they play with those things in fantasy. So, for example, two consenting adults might play with the idea of pedophilia by pretending to be a daddy and a daughter. Yeah, there's no relation there. They're complete adults. They're both consenting. They're both coming from a place of equal power because that conversation is really important, not having a power dynamic where, as in, even you can play with power dynamics in delicious ways. However, having a coming from a place beginning to have this sexual exploration with somebody who, who feels very much not equal, unequal in power terms, that's a really tricky thing. But you can absolutely play with that in fantasy terms and have a wonderful time. That's delicious. No children were harmed in the making of this juicy sex. They're consenting adults. You can play with the idea of bestiality because there's lots of people who play puppy play or pony play or all those things. And they're just delicious and lovely. And some of it is completely non-sexual and some of it is extremely sexual. Even necrophilia is something that can be played with. So I know people who've played within their sexual dynamics with the fantasy of a killer space or a dead meat space and actually really got into that and found it the most delicious sex, you know, they've ever had. It's not real. You're not talking about a dead body or a child or an animal. You're talking about two adult human beings consensually playing with those taboos. Now, the, this is all very much on the extreme end. We've gone from turning the light on to, you know, pretending to be dead. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, but I wanted but, to address that. In
1: yeah, it. absolutely. None of this is shameful. It shouldn't be. But that's the tripping post. That's what people fall over is the guilt and the shame for wanting delicious sex with fun and sauce and fantasy and pleasure.
0: Yeah. And wanting to play with things that aren't allowed. And I I say that as if anyone, but but really are going to damage you if you did it real. If you really had sex with a dead body Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or an animal that can't give consent or whatever, even if it felt right to you at that moment, it's likely to damage your psyche.
1: Well, the reason those three are the big taboos is because none of those three things, children, animals, cadavers. None of those things can consent, right. genuinely. A dog might wag its tail. A child might be seduced and smile. It's bullshit. A child cannot consent. They do not have adult cognitive faculty. They don't develop cognitive faculty until somewhere between nine and 12. The human brain doesn't develop to full adulthood until about 25. Children right. cannot consent. Animals cannot consent because they have, you know, they have a brain, they have an excited brain. You know, they'll wag their tail, but they're like a toddler. Equally, they can't consent. A cadaver clearly can't consent. So that's the thing the three things have in common, which is why they're off limits, because there can be no consent in that equation. Yeah, And
0: and then the area of, say, playing with incest. Yes. That's where, okay, presumably two adults could consent, but if you're actually related, there's a power dynamic.
1: Correct. That's
0: play, even if you're not aware of it. So, if, you know, however you look at that, even if it was uh, two siblings, there's yeah. still a power dynamic.
1: Absolutely. I mean, this is a much bigger conversation. The conversation about power, power dynamics and power over is, is a very different conversation. So some people coming from an equal consensual place can play with power over in dominance and submission. They can absolutely love that and enjoy that. <laughs> but...
0: But what you were saying that's really important is... So there's a whole conversation of taboo and then there's power. Yeah, right. Yeah,
1: there's a whole conversation about power. For example, as a therapist um, with my clients, there is... automatic instinctual power dynamic when you begin when you have your first assessment session because the client feels like a patient going to the doctor so there's that power over which is something that nowadays we try and eradicate or as much as we possibly can we try and get rid of that power dynamic so that we can meet as two adult human beings who are going to have a conversation and work together yeah in the old days it was very much dr client you know somebody would be laid on a couch and somebody else would just not speak and just nod occasionally Nowadays, it's not like that. We work as therapists, as adult, equal human beings who are going to do the work, roll the sleeves up and do it together. So that's an example of power over. And that can happen in any walk of life. For example, that's why teachers and their pupils, no matter where, um, whether it be at primary school or at university, teachers and their pupils is completely not okay because there is an inherent power dynamic that you can't deny. So yeah, consenting within that sort of, Extant power dynamic It's not okay
0: And so to make that Really crystal clear If I was a teacher And I had a student Even if it was an adult student Yes That student And I cannot play At being teacher And student Because the dynamic Is real And it's there And you can't Come out of the power dynamic Correct I mean perhaps if I stopped being their teacher and we did a lot of work to balance that relationship for six months to a year and know that it wasn't just a sex drive that was pushing us together.
1: As Uh, long as we're still talking about an adult student, yeah. Yes, yes, right. (laughs) Because people play that too. You know, some people's fantasies are about being a schoolgirl, putting on the uniform and some people's fantasies about having the schoolgirl in the uniform. So let's talk about that.
0: So how can we play with the areas that feel a little scary or feel a little shameful without hurting ourselves or someone else.
1: Mhm. Okay. Well, it's going to involve a lot of uh, negotiation. I mean, that's that's a huge keyword of, of kink world. Um it's very much about negotiation. So it's just about communication. It's about talking before you do the stuff. So don't just dive in throw on a school uniform, leap into bed, have a great time and then come crashing down with all sorts of guilt and shame and oh my god, I'm a horrible person because I wanted this talk about it beforehand what are your icks? what are your yums what are the things that make you feel guilt or shame and can you work with them can you work through them so that you can both have a great time obviously it needs to be a fantasy that both of you share it's not something you know that if one person wants it we'll do it anyway even if the other person really doesn't that doesn't work no yeah but mutual exploration there are no You know, there are no real limits as long as it's completely consensual. And as I say, you know, you can work around Victorian laws. (laughs) that's something that shouldn't exist and won't exist somewhere down the line it won't exist like the idea of having more than one lover you know marriage is only allowed between two people at the moment I've been with both of my primary partners for 23 years now we cannot legally marry 23 years a mortgage a house a bunch of kids everybody's up you know kids are all grown with their own jobs and kids now yeah but we could never have that legal security of marriage yeah yeah it's interesting so it's there's like, lots of things that might be taboo to somebody having more than loving more than one person you yeah. can't do that obviously you don't really love you know really, know. really you know <laughs> um or you're just greedy or whatever so there's guilt and shame around so much that is not considered societal norm now let's face it concise societal norm consists of one man and one woman gender specific having sex just sex just sex Nothing else. Nothing fruity. Nothing kinky. Nothing fantasy. You know, and
0: in there is basically penis and vagina penetration.
1: That's yeah, oh yes, some people very real sex, and yet yeah. you know, from working with the communities that I work with, it very much isn't right. You know, well, even it's one option of a menu of a plethora of things.
0: Yeah, and you know, I, I work with guys who are mostly cisgendered, mostly straight, mostly you know. And yet, Mm -hmm. I know after 15 or whatever it is, years of this, their desires are as multifaceted as anyone else's. You know, it's sure some there's some people who like missionary position on a Saturday night. That's their thing. Mm -hmm. Great, you know, but most of them are curious once they feel safe to open up and try Mm -hmm. something new, there's a whole bunch of stuff on there that wouldn't have been considered Mm -hmm. safe before, you know. Mm -hmm. So we've talked quite a bit about situations that you can play with mm-hmm. that aren't real. So yeah. you and I, we are not blood related. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We could play out what they call littles, you know, one of us being in the adult, one of us being younger. Yes. We could play that out because we can both consent. We could play out bestiality. Mm-hmm. We can play out those things because they're not real for us.
1: Absolutely.
0: So there's another area um, of taboo that you could play with and is real in my mind which is things like urine play or poo play or that kind of area where you could actually play with poo and urine
1: scat and golden showers yes yes (laughs) thank you (laughs) my pleasure
0: um so we know that when you're playing with all this taboo stuff it can bring up shame it can bring up guilt How do you deal with that? How do you, because obviously you could play in any of these areas we've talked about and it absolutely enlighten you and open you up to deeper self-awareness. It can be used to heal abuse and things. We can get on that road in a minute, Um, but it could also fuck you up if you don't know what you're doing, right? Absolutely. That's, that's the area I wanted to go into is how do you play with any of these? Oh, now I'm asking you two questions. One about the realistic playing of the things like golden showers Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. Let's do that one first
1: okay so um yes this is something that people play with uh, for some people it's a hard no that's not something they would want to do for other people for example people playing with power dynamics people playing with dominance of submission it might be really hot to have your submissive lion in the shower and and have your shower and pee on them. you know it, it might feel like well we've talked about guilt and shame in a negative way because generally speaking that hurts the heart yeah mm-hmm. um and it Worries the mind. Um, But actually, humiliation is a whole big kink of its own. A lot of people play with humiliation. Foot fetishists, it might be nothing other than the fetish of the shoes. It might be the humiliation of kissing a person's feet that's the kink or that's the the turn on, if you like. So guilt and shame can be played with. But when it's harmful, I have lots of clients come into my, um, my office wanting to work with me around their guilt and shame about a particular kink that they have, for example, a particular desire that they have. That's very common. There are a whole plethora of workshops available here in the UK and all across the world. There are workshops where you can learn about this stuff. You can learn about the self and safety aspects of it. So for example, with scat and and urine, you can learn about what's safe and what's not. um, In terms of unpicking the guilt and shame in uh, you know some of the activities that we've talked about you can go to a workshop you can learn about it you can or a, therapist come like to you. A, or a therapist indeed and unpick why that's guilty and shameful for you nine times out of ten it's because of socialization it's because that's what we're taught is naughty or bad or wrong so nine times out of 10 is just some idea that society has that this thing is okay. And this thing is not okay. Yeah? yeah. But there will often be personal experience involved. There'll often be something that's happened to the person when they're younger that's made them doubt. So for example, I have people who have had sexual abuse as a child, then wanting to play with age play. That's something that we really have to unpick. What in that is mm, a form of self-abuse of pattern repeating Or is it actually being an empowered adult wanting to get rid of the guilt and shame, and wanting to actually play with it consensually as an adult to feel better about it? Yeah, so take their power back. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I've chosen this,
0: and I want to feel it. And it might be that I want to relive it. With my adult mind watching and yep. being present, it might be that I want to relive it, but I'm going to take you over in
1: it. Correct. Yeah, there's, there's lots of, I mean, another big, you talk about the fantasy, you know, the huge fantasy of sort of incestuous stuff that is, you know, prolific in porn. You know, mommy, stepson, you know, daddy girl, whatever. Another really big one, which is huge in porn, is force or rape. Yeah. Now we all know that the reality of that is horrific and damaging to the extreme, harmful as hell. Yeah. However, somebody who may have had an earlier bad experience with rape might actually choose to do a little rape play. If they're, you know, experienced in kink and they've started to learn all about what they can and can't play with, they might want the experience. A, to be able to reach a point where they can say no and have their consent be respected as an adult, which is incredibly powerful, right. or even B, allow it to happen and allow themselves to enjoy it without the guilt and shame that is laden on us as children when it happens or as young people when it happens. There's a massive amount of guilt and shame, which is why an awful lot of rates go on unreported because people don't want to go through the accusations of, well, why were you wearing that then? So, being able to enjoy the experience with no guilt and shame because it's an adult who cares about you and you're actually really just having some fun, that can be really cathartic and really healing. And it may result in a huge amount of tearful release, but it's about relief. It's about, I chose this rather than someone took my choice away.
0: Right. And and rebalancing the power. You know, we've talked a lot about Mm -hmm. one of the things that makes taboo-taboo is the power imbalance. Yes. And so when there's been a forced power imbalance, Correct. then these areas of taboo and kink are ways to take the power back. To Correct. It. Correct. But you, I just want to say, you know, this is not for... Anyone can do this stuff, but you need to know what you're doing. You need to Absolutely. know and ask the right questions and to keep both of you safe. If you are the person, say, who is doing the consensual non-consent, mm-hmm. doing the raping, doing the what playing it out, I mean. Yes. You need to A, know what you're doing. Yeah. Take them where they want to go. Absolutely. You know? to know what to do if they go somewhere else
1: mm-hmm. yeah and- I think cnc you, you mentioned briefly is really an important concept consensual non-consent mm-hmm. is a huge topic of its own we can make an entire podcast about that right so it's important to remember that cnc consensual non-consent is a valid choice it is taboo as hell mm-hmm. but it's also sexy and juicy and lots of people enjoy it right and it's not for beginners. It's not for someone stepping out of the gate. To
0: no, you need to have a level of self-awareness. Yes, and you need to have a level of being able to speak your truth, yes. which is tricky, and to you know to have access to yes or no, or to, or to know. You know, when I go into those deep spaces, I can't speak, so I need a hand signal.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and for some people, they may be fully, utterly consenting and really wanting to do this thing and absolutely seeking the catharsis or the healing from this thing, and they might still feel like shit afterwards. So you need to know how to take care of them afterwards and how to sit with each other and be with that discomfort and communicate about it and make it okay.
0: Right, and not to be gross, but sometimes that play can be a bit like, popping the zit which yep. you need to do to release yep. the pressure yeah but then you've got to deal with the aftermath
1: correct aftercare and, is a huge topic in in all things kink Looking yes after and it,
0: and things i learned from you actually i couldn't be certain but i think it so, was about the the obvious thing is aftercare from the person who just received the doing you know the, right. non-consent, the non-consent the rape whatever but the person doing the doing Correct. Needs at least as much
1: aftercare. Absolutely. Which is why I framed it as taking care of each other. Aftercare is about taking care of each other. So you might have had a fantastic time, let's just say, with a a soft leather flogger. And you've had a brilliant time. And one of you's really got off on walloping and whacking beautifully. And the other one's really got off on, on being flogged and had an exciting time. But in that, for example, the the person on the receiving end might need aftercare because they've got a bit of body shock going on. Maybe they're a bit shaky and they need a cuddle, but nobody tends to think about the the person who's playing the dominant in that role, the active in that role, who's been beating. Well, perhaps afterwards, he or she or they might have some confusion or conflict around, oh, I really enjoyed that. Does that make me a bad person? Right. Yeah. So aftercare is massively important for both or all parties.
0: Yeah. Yes. And actually, I want to, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this term, circle back round mm-hmm. um, to, to overlap with this on some of the taboo stuff. Because I think when we were talking about taboo originally, in my mind, I was thinking about the person who wanted to be the receiving end yep. of doing something. But there's also the person who wants to be the doer of those correct, things. Correct. Right? Yes. You, That's you, also you know,
1: you know, you'll have clients that come into your room who have fantasies, who want to express those fantasies to you. And they could be either. They could be the person who really wants to experience the thing or the person who really wants to do the thing with another.
0: Yeah. yeah, and it's so interesting though, that as it just shows you something going on in my mind was that as we were talking about, for example, consensual non-consent or rape play, I was thinking about the person who wanted to be on the receiving end of that and the, the taboo of wanting to experience that. But there's also someone who would want to Act it out, Correct. You know, you'd want yeah. to offer the doing side of it, mm-hmm. and there's a whole other taboo around that. So, of course, you know, within each taboo fantasy, say there's several sides, aren't there?
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: And unfortunately, either of those sides, and that there's probably more than just two carry their own unique set of guilt and shame because Absolutely. who am I to want to be consensually non-consent like raped or whatever but also who am I to want to consensually non-consent yes, that's
1: like, who does that make me who it makes you generally speaking is someone who's wanting to up their game in their sex life and have a great time who they are generally is somebody who's got a secret fantasy um who wants to live it who wants to experience it that's who they are but the guilt and shame tells them, oh, this makes you weak, or this makes you bad, or this makes you abusive, or this makes you, you know, vulnerable, and not safe. So there's an awful lot of guilt shame goes around people's heads about this stuff.
0: Which often, I think, makes the taboo thing then a bit shinier. It's like... I really want to do that thing. I must stay away from, but I really want it now because it's Absolutely. so off limits. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that makes me think of um, how people use the word naughty with sex. Like yes. someone said to me something about naughty sex. I was like, no sex is naughty. They were like, Oh, but I like the word naughty. And I was like, yeah, okay. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, so yeah. Like
0: are we using it to shame someone and say well, it's well, off limits it's or is it just a juicy word that Definitely. makes us feel good about it? And it depends. Now you're using
1: that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some people who've, you know, um, had some childhood trauma with sex absolutely want to go near it with a barge pole. And so, uh, as much sexual exploration and freedom that they want, that is an area they will not touch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And same with all the other things we've talked about. But I think having the fantasy can sometimes be enough, even if it's secret, even if you never speak it. The best fantasies are the ones that we share.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. And I think you've touched on something really important, which is there. you know, you could have things that turn you on mm-hmm. that you never actually want to experience.
1: Correct. Yes.
0: You know, like it, it, maybe it turns you on to, I don't, let me think of an example. Well, let's go with consensual non-consent or rape play. The thought of being overpowered or overpowering someone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. may absolutely rock your boat, mm-hmm. but you do not want to go there certainly in reality and even not playing with it it's yes. just good in your head
1: you yes, know absolutely 100 percent. i mean it can be as simple as someone who has that particular fantasy who's on the receiving end of sex you know if the active party takes hold of their hands and, and presses them into the bed that might be all they need to actually be living that fantasy it might right. be as simple as that
0: Right. See, and you keep raising all these important points. (laughs) So the one is you could explore stuff by just having it in your head. You don't ever actually have to
1: do it. That's and
0: or you could take it into a consensual play space where you actually act some things out. Mm -hmm. But like you're saying, which is again really important, you don't have to play the whole thing out. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can just have element flavor of
0: it. it. Something else I learned from you years ago in a workshop you did, Mm. which was just exquisite, was about breath play. Yeah. And I remember you... St- I was thinking, like, how can I keep this safe? You know, breath <laughs> play. Okay, because, like, it's kind of... The thought of it turns me on, but it doesn't feel safe. It's and a you-
1: very, very common fantasy, the idea of having your mouth covered or, or a hand around your throat. It's an extremely common fantasy. It's right. also one of the most dangerous areas of right. kink play that you can possibly do. There's cumulative harm that can happen if you do it often. There's very real danger. So the, the idea is, if you have... This this fantasy. Learn how to do it as safely as you possibly can, and there are methods, as you saw with the workshop, that are safer than others. But you've got to learn. We have, certainly haven't got time to talk about it. But no, no, no. I would love to, you know, to teach them. because it's incredibly common as a fantasy. There are safe ways to do it, but you need to learn from someone who knows what they're playing with.
0: Well, I will never forget how you started that workshop you kind oh. of introduced yourself you said i'm here to give you a workshop on breath play mm-hmm. and here's the most important thing you need to know don't do it
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely
0: but you the know, bottom like line is, well,
1: yeah it was meant to be and you know i often say with the breath play workshops in particular if i can manage to convince some of you not to do this great win mm-hmm. yeah. you know, less people will be harmed in the making of this workshop wow. however if you're going to do it anyway because that's the thing people are going to do it anyway then here are the ways that you can keep yourself as safe as possible. Right.
0: And I'm not encouraging anyone to try this without getting actual education on this. One thing that you said, and I think it applies to all these other taboo areas, is the difference between playing at it and actually doing it. So with breath play, you can pretend to have your hand over someone's mouth, but actually they've got room to breathe.
1: Or you can actually have your hand over their mouth, but you're not covering their nose. So actually they can still breathe. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> right right and so that that's that edgy <clears throat> yummy juicy place of you get the feeling of someone controlling your breath or taking yeah. your breath away but you actually can breathe
1: absolutely whereas how many times on- how many times during kissing do we feel breathless <laughs> or lose our breath exactly, you know, exactly. You play with the idea without actually doing it.
0: right whereas actually playing with it actually mm-hmm. actually Honestly, first of all, anyone listening, don't do it unless you go to one of DK's workshops. Correct.
1: Do not do <laughs> it unless you've had instruction and you know what's safe and what's not. The number one rule is don't do it ever alone because right. that's when people die most commonly because they're yeah. playing with asphyxiation or hypoxia. They're playing with it alone and that's when things go wrong most commonly. Mm-hmm. Okay?
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, and I am I'm. I feel like I want to put big warning signs and yeah, warnings yeah, 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 around yeah. this because... All the stuff we've talked about can be really sexy and hot and juicy and soul expanding and deepen your self-awareness and you know, healing. My God, there's a whole healing area we haven't yeah. even gone into, but it's crucial to know, to get help with them, to keep it safe, to know yourself, know where your triggers are, yeah. come up with your triggers. But Mm -hmm. if you've got someone who you trust can hold you in your trigger and isn't going to be a trigger. Yes. I
1: mean, that's part of the consent. You know, don't think, well, I can egg this person on to do this thing and it's really hot. But if they don't know, then that's unsafe for them. It's unfair for them to put them in that position. So it has to be with full consent of both parties.
0: And I would add, and maybe I don't know if this is coming from personal or professional, but If I'm going to play with someone as the one who's on the receiving end of a thing that's edgy, I can tell them everything I know about myself and my triggers, but there might be one I don't know. And so I want to play with someone who I know that if I go off a deep end, I couldn't tell them about, Mm -hmm. they're still going to at least hold space. I might have to mop them up afterwards, Mm -hmm. but that they're still going to hold space for wherever we go. And that, for me personally, takes someone with a lot of experience. Absolutely. For me to feel safe enough to let go.
1: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, there's a whole taboo talking about the subject of taboo around sex workers. There's a whole taboo around, oh, you have to pay for sex, do you? You know, it's that's absolute bollocks. Because what I would say is if you're looking to expand your repertoire, if you're looking to actually have more interesting or um, satisfaction in sex, then go to a professional because they know what they're talking about. And the same thing applies for kink. If you, for example, are a single man who wants to explore kink, don't go down the rabbit hole of just try before you know just just getting in there with both feet without actually getting any instruction go to a professional go to a pro dom and they'll show you and they'll teach you you know there are even professional submissives who can pander to the you know the, the fantasies that some person might have about being dominant about playing with cnc about whatever there are professional submissives who can guide you and teach you how to do that safely And then you're in a safe place, which is
0: fucking awesome because then all this stuff we're talking about almost, almost takes the taboo label off because anything you can dream of or desire, there is a way to play with it and play is a crucial world. I I, I noticed that when you were talking about it, when we first started talking is it is playing with it. Even if you're there to do some deep healing, to address a really horrific issue, Mm -hmm. It's because you're playing with it, not actually doing
1: it. Yeah, there is some actually doing, but I know what you mean. In some of those fantasies, it has to be a, th- a playing with it rather than a doing it. Well, way. I
0: mean, not actually doing it as in terms of the person who was the actual perpetrator, isn't there?
1: Yeah, 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 yep, yep.
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, I was going to say something and I lost it then as well. <laughs> we think a lie. Morning brains. I've just remembered what it was and and that is for me once upon a time jealousy was taboo yeah mm-hmm. I hated it I felt that it made me feel icky and horrible and shamed and all the rest of it so I decided to play with it and I literally had two of my loving partners who who wanted to work with me with this literally get it on start you know full on snogging each other whilst I was sat next to them watching Ooh. so that I allowed myself to feel the jealousy and play with it quite literally I remember clearly to this day and it's 20 years ago rolling it around in my mouth feeling the flavor of it what is this feeling what Is this emotion? Why? What is it trying to do? How's it trying to protect me? So on and so forth. But actually, in doing so, in playing with it, (laughs) I got turned on. It was great. You know, so there are ways of playing with all sorts of taboos.
0: And then it doesn't have a hold on you anymore. And you can play with it and get joy from it.
1: That's right. That's That's right.
0: It's really important. And I think, I mean, it's reminded me of a story, and I may have told you it when we spoke before we hit record or Mm -hmm. some time ago, but I'm going to repeat it now. And I may have said on the podcast before, I don't remember a while back, I was looking around for some, some people to play with and I didn't really know exactly what I was looking for. And I had a chap get in touch who said he wanted to humiliate me and humiliation isn't an area I know well, but I was curious to see, you know, what's he going to bring? So, and he said, he wanted me to be a dog on the floor. And he was going to put some water in a dish and he wanted me to drink the water because that would be so humiliating. And I said, well, it sounds kind of fun. (laughs) I think it'd be fun to be a dog on the floor. I don't have a problem drinking out of water in a dish. And he went, but it would be humiliating. Uh, And I was like, "Mm, no, it doesn't humiliate me to do that. So you can only really be humiliated where you have shame, right?
1: Correct, absolutely For example, you know, words like You dirty girl, you filthy whore, and so on Might be humiliating for somebody who has never come into contact with that Or who feels, you know, horrible about that But for someone who has, you know, that particular <laughs> kink, enjoyment um, It can be delicious hearing those naughty words Those naughty in air quotes again words Might be a real turn up. right
0: right yeah he wasn't he had to like give up on me because I just I couldn't find any shame in it you know it's like yeah yeah, yeah. would it be the thing I would choose as my biggest turn on absolutely not doesn't (laughs) doesn't do anything for me sexually but I I could find the fun in it if it would do something for him and I was curious about that but he just if it wasn't humiliating he wasn't interested
1: right right okay (laughs) so perhaps his king that particular client was wanting to feel your shame
0: yeah. And he would have had to look elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah, And see, this is the thing, isn't it? We could talk about each of these different subjects like breath play and humiliation, mm-hmm. but I think we'll have to save them for other podcasts. Yeah, right?
1: absolutely. It's we'll end
0: up down topic. so many rabbit holes.
1: It is a huge topic. The bottom line is what is taboo for you is taboo for you. And do you want to play with it or don't you? If you do, find some help, ask, talk to some people, have some communication with your partner um, and see if it's something you can play with.
0: Mm. And and there's such deep healing or deep expansion of how you know yourself in there. I mean, not to mention, like you say, juicy sex and better sex and all of that. Mm. Just know yourself better. You're willing to go there. You know, I, I keep trying to end and I keep thinking more stories. I'll tell this one and then I'll try to bring it to a close. because <laughs> I could talk to you forever. Um, I had a chap come to me a couple of years ago who he'd been married for like 50 years, you know, he was in his late Mm. 60s. And he'd had a fantasy that he'd never told his wife because he thought it was the most shameful thing ever. Like for him, this was end of the road shame. Mm -hmm. Um, But he said he didn't want to die not having shared, at least told someone about it. So he he shows up and he tells me, and basically, he was just into rubber. Okay, yeah. And I say that as, as if I'm diminishing it. As if it's nothing. To him, it was the hugest thing ever. He was nothing, ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. He liked the texture. He liked the smell. He liked the sound. Mm-hmm. He liked how he felt wearing it. And he liked how, well, how he imagined a lover would be wearing it because he'd never had, you know, guts to ask someone to do it. Mm-hmm. So I asked him if he owned any rubber. Yeah. And he said, yes, that he hides it from his wife. And I said, you know, if you want to bring it next time, we'll have a go. And mm-hmm. everything in his body and face changed. Yeah. He said, you would do that as if, you know, kind of like as if I'd said I'd lick his poo, but, yeah. Yeah. but I wouldn't do that. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so what he did, you know, over other sessions, you know, we both played with putting it on and how, what it smelled like and talking about it and all of that. And he, he told me his whole life changed. Fantastic. That suddenly this thing that he had to hide about himself, just having one person accept it with love. he said,
1: and the shame.
0: Banish the shame. And he said, like, even if we hadn't actually played with it, Mm -hmm. having told me and me go, oh, that's really hot. Yeah. That was enough.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We carry these secrets with us. And if you can share those secrets and explore them, it can lead to all sorts of loveliness. Yeah. And that's the body expanding, emotionally healing or just exciting, you know, explore them, explore them.
0: Yeah. And that's a beautiful place to to start to draw it to a close, which is whatever your desires, whatever your turn-ons are they're not bad or wrong. You just want to address them in a way that is safe and consensual for everyone involved. And sometimes just telling someone, whether it's a therapist like you or a practitioner like myself, just mm-hmm. telling someone and being received with love yeah, is deeply transformational.
1: Absolutely. 100% agreed.
0: Mm. I would like to have you back at some point to pick your brain about a million other things.
1: No, absolutely. Yes. But
0: I knew you were the expert go-to person for Taboo. I am so grateful because, you know, I tried to do a podcast on my own about it when the question came in. And I was like, I got a few sentences in. I was like, nope, nope. uh, This is my, you know, my mastery. I need to to get DK in on this. So thank thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank
1: you for inviting me. It's a pleasure. And it is a pleasure. It's a delicious pleasure to talk with you. And it's a delicious pleasure to talk about taboo.
0: Well, I'm deeply grateful. And I'm sure the listeners are as well. <laughs> so thank you. And we'll have you back soon.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for listening to the Sexual Alchemy Podcast. I'm Rebecca Lowry, and I am super excited to invite you to the upcoming online Festival of Sexuality. It's taking place online April 7th to the 10th, 2022, and you can sign up for free on my website and using the link in the show notes below. I've got an incredible lineup of superstar presenters with fascinating topics around sexuality, pleasure, intimacy, and more. It's free to sign up and you'll receive news, special offers, and everything you need to join us for four days of fun, learning, discussions, and celebrating being the magnificent sexual being that you are.